Hey, welcome to Younger and Older. This is Jason and Dave hanging out in the beautiful north woods of Wisconsin at Relate365.com. And uh, it's uh, it's a little quieter than normal, but it's good. It is. Actually, it's actually usually pretty quiet this time of year. Well, it is during the week. The thing that we're missing is our students. Oh, where yes. Where we get to do the Nicolay Bible Institute classes, which we're still doing, but we're doing them online. Yep. And uh, we miss the really robust activity. Robust. Robust. Uh, the robust activity of, of machineries going all over, volunteers coming up, helping us get ready for summer. Because we're really kind of isolated with our own staff here Yeah. at this point, which is normal. We're honoring what the government said, and we're doing what we're supposed to. So at this point, we're in the same boat as everybody else. That's right. You know, I've, I've wanted to, in fact, I wanted to come all the people that are associated with us and talk about our situation. And then I thought, they're in the same situation. Mm-hmm. So I don't need to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, so no please, no nothing. Just, you know what we're going through. We know what you're going through. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's look to the Lord and enjoy each other and enjoy the opportunities that will be gone, by the way. If when this thing gets back to normal, whatever else, they're going to be different. Right. So you might as well take advantage of, of what you have now. I'm watching a few more Westerns. Westerns. So that's your go-to is Westerns. You know what? Those old programs back from the- Like Clint Eastwood? F- no, further back. Further back. Yeah, like I'm, they were made in the 50s. Sorry, Boomer. They were made in the 50s when I'm watching. Did you watch Bonanza? Oh, is yeah. That, is that considered a Western? That's that's still a little later than what I'm watching. Yes. Oh, okay. So what are you watching? Let me stop. White Earp. Oh right, White Earp and um, and um, the other Tombstone, Arizona had some real interesting things go on back in the you know eighteen hundreds. Oh. So it, it's like I, I love documentaries too. Yeah. So it's like, well, why don't I learn about something I don't need to know about? And I mean, so I'm, I'm I'm there. Let's look at this. Yeah. Um, however, I thought I'd have a lot of time for it, but I don't. Yeah. Because uh, we're still doing stuff like this, and we're still. You know, working on the grounds, we're just doing it by ourselves, basically. Yeah. And you and I, just for the record, we're at, we're about we're at least eight feet apart. That's right. So we're not going to infect each other. So that's good. Hey, you know what? I was reading. Talk about things that don't make sense, and right now the world doesn't make sense. That's yeah, yeah. So in some respects, there's all kinds of things that seem to not make sense, mm-hmm. and then there are things that really don't make sense. Okay. If that makes sense. I'm following. Did I, I use think. the word sense too many times? Uh, n- not really. Okay. Did you ever read just um, up my Lewis senses. Carroll's Alice in Wonderland, Alice in the Cat? I don't think I ever read it. I might have watched it when I was younger. Yeah, I don't think I ever even watched it. But maybe there's a there's a little segment where Alice is talking to the cat, and I think it describes a lot of times um, young people in our country, okay. younger than you. But so young the, people. So the next generation. The next me. generation. All Here right. it says this. Alice, we, yeah, when I say the name, that's who's talking. Alice, would you please tell me which way I ought to go from here? Cat, that depends a great deal on where you want to get to. Alice, I don't much care where. Cat, then it doesn't matter which way you go. Alice, so long as I get somewhere? Cat, oh, you're sure to do that if you only walk long enough. There you go. There's a conversation that's worth having. You're not going anywhere, but if you keep walking, you're sure to get there. Hmm. And I look at young people that come to me and say, what do you want to do in life? What are you thinking about? I don't know. So what gets you up in the morning? 
What is it that gets you up? Yeah. My mom. Oh, okay. <laughs> it can't so, sleep anymore? Yeah, so what do you want to do during the day? I don't know, chill. So you just want to kind of exist to the end of the day? Well, now that sounds like everybody. <laughs> I know. Well, in our situation, could be. But even in our situation, you know what? My wife and I sat down the other uh, yesterday. And, well, actually, we were walking while he did, so we didn't sit down. And we made a list of things. You know, we need to do this every day. We need to do this every day. Because it, it can get so easy to sit and have nothing happen. Well, and there's only so long you get sit and do nothing before you have to stimulate differently. Yeah, I know. I know these massive muscles that I used to have are turning a little jelly. Was this when you were younger? No, no, just a day or two ago. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had to clarify. Yeah, well, you haven't seen me in a muscle shirt lately, but. Uh, or ever. Yeah, maybe. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, go look at pictures from when I was in college. Yeah. Pre-quarantine pictures. Yeah, pre-quarantine <laughs> pictures. Pre-quarantine and post-quarantine. That's right. I'm going to look better when, when we come out of this thing because I'm going to be um, walking every day and I'm going to try, I can't do push-ups because of my shoulders and I can't do much else, but I'm going to walk every day. You'll definitely have a certain je ne sais quoi. I will. And if not, um, well, it won't be my wife's fault because she's working at making sure I exercise and do all that kind of stuff. That's good. You know, I found some other irony, some things that just don't make sense. Things that don't make sense. Yeah. That story between Alice and the cat, I mean, that doesn't make sense. Even though I think it does portray people who really don't have anywhere in life they're going yeah i mean if i were to and you don't have to answer this but if i were to say is there one thing that you look way in the future and say i want to see this happen is there anything in your life where you look at that and say this is a very motivating factor no matter what um okay you don't have to say it sure if you come up with one you can tell me sure as a young person, I would encourage you to come up with one. Yeah. You know, for me, it's that two-phrase word, no regrets. Yeah. So when I die, that someday when I die, I want to be able to, if God gives me a minute to look back on my life, mm-hmm. I want to be able to have no regrets with what I did. Yeah. And in order to live that way, then that affects how I work today. Mm-hmm. So um, I encourage you, anyone else that's younger, to go ahead and, and think, is there something I can look in the scriptures, I can set a goal and say, regardless of what happens in this world, up and down, new or old, this can motivate me. Because I'm, I know that one day I'm going to stand before God. I know that. Mm-hmm. I know he doesn't lie. He's not going to say, well done, my good and faithful servant, if it wasn't well done, my good and faithful servant. So I'm picturing that moment because it will happen. Yeah. Wouldn't it be wonderful to stand before God and have no regrets? Mm-hmm. So that's what drives me. So today when I, you know, I'm getting ready for the day and I'm thinking about what I'm going to do and I'm thinking about, I'm thinking, well, what would I have a regret if I didn't do? Right. Um, honestly, that has directed a lot of my thinking in life mm-hmm. because um, there's times where I think, I wonder if I should do this or this. And I immediately begin to say, well, if I don't try that, I'll have a regret. If I don't try that, I'm really not going to have a regret. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, this one, like it, it, if and you- And sometimes you try stuff and you regret it. Yeah, that's Like walking sure. a plank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. But in those are moments in life where you look back on and say, okay, somebody should have 
pounded some sense into me. Here's some things that don't make sense, though, in life. Just In life. Okay, just some things in life that, that don't make sense. All right, you ready? Yep. Shoot. What is ironic about the Bible, do you think? Ironic about the Bible? The Bible. I don't know. It is one of the most interesting ironies, I think, in the world. It is the most shoplifted book in America. Really? Why would somebody steal a Bible? Because they want to read it. <sighs> you know, I hope they do. By the way, I if you are somebody who is going to steal a Bible, I'll leave one on the side of the road by my house. Just go take it. And if it disappears, I'll get another one. Don't steal them. Dave, we live in the middle of nowhere. I'm making the offer. <laughs> that is, I would say that is ironic. That did I not most, offer? You did offer. All right. So if I offered, I made the offer. I, I can't do anything but make the offer. I'm not sure they have the gas money to make it out here. I'm just saying. If they're don't it. steal a Bible. I'll leave one outside. <laughs> you can you can email, you know, relate365.com. You can email us there. Go to the website and tell me I'm going to come we'll by. We'll send you one. Yeah. Either, well, or I'll leave one out. Or yeah. we'll send you one. Either, we can, either if you way. need a Bible that bad, we'll send you one. See, now that's what Jason says. I'm an old guy saying, you know, get in your car and come get it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think more practically. All right, very good. <laughs> if you don't have the means to buy it, how are uh, you going to have the means to come and get it? I understand. It? Don't steal a Bible, please. All right. <laughs> uh, what's ironic about Alcoholics Anonymous? What would be ironic about that? Ironic. Um, I don't know. Well, the founder of Alcoholics Anonymous, on his deathbed, he wanted a glass of whiskey. Really? Yep. Now, I don't know if this one's uh, verified or not, but it says in this article I'm reading, what is ironic about McDonald's? Mickey D's. It says this. In one or of the more hilarious examples of irony, McDonald's employee's health page, which is now shut down, once warned against eating McDonald's burgers and fries. Really? That's what it says. Wow. I wonder if they would still say that or not. I don't think so. I think that would be something they probably shouldn't say. Just generally guessing. Generally speaking. Yeah, generally yeah, speaking. Probably, wouldn't I, I think, good, I think, probably wouldn't be a good PR move. Yeah, I think somebody had this moment of, you know what, we got to be totally honest. You know what they could have been saying, honestly, because things get twisted out of place. Sure. If you're going to just eat McDonald's food all the time, that's, that's probably not, not healthy that's not for healthy. you. That's not healthy. That's right. It's kind of like, wasn't there a movie about that, Super Size Me, back oh, when they used to like ask if you wanted super sized? Yeah. yeah, I remember hearing about it. I never, I never watched it. it. Yeah. But you know what? I, I can understand that if you worked at McDonald's, let's say they gave you free food. Yeah. And I don't know if they do, but let's say they did. Well, can you imagine if every day you were eating burgers, burger and fries, fries. And, and shakes and all that kind of stuff? And it's like, I, I would warn the employees too, this isn't healthy. Don't yeah. do that. At least break it up with a salad. Yeah. It, they didn't have salads back then. Do you remember back when McDonald's just was you know, starting? No, no. you don't. I yeah. Do. <laughs> Evidently, Dave. I, I do. <laughs> Yeah, I actually do. You were around at the start of McDonald's. Well, I was around during their infancy years when they didn't have very many. They had the white, um, they had the white buildings with the big red arches that went over them. Okay. Uh, they really didn't have much room inside to eat at all. It was pretty much go get a burger and get out of there. You couldn't play in there. No, there was no playrooms. No, <laughs> no. You can look up online. This will give you something to do. You can look up online what the early the the early McDonald's restaurants look like. And Chicago is one of the hubs where they had those restaurants. It, it didn't start in Chicago, but but they had they had all kinds of. In fact, they used to have Hamburger U in Chicago. You know what that is? What's that? That's where they trained all the McDonald's 
uh, like managers. And it, that really? used to be, I think it was in Oak. Oak, Oak, Oak Park. Somewhere. No, it was. Oak Brook? Oak Brook. Oak Brook. I, I that think sounds it, familiar. I think it was, but I'm not sure. So they, what did they just sell, burgers? Well, yeah, at first they were those burgers and they were, they were, they were kind of cool, actually, when they first came out. And I used to like going there and getting a shake and fries. There, wow. There's no doubt. It, it really appealed to kids. I was a kid, you know, and they're, they didn't have to have Happy Meals back then. We were really satisfied with a burger, fries, and a shake. Yeah. And, um, and a shake was something special. You very seldom got that. The triple th- sh- Here, I pulled it up. The triple thick shakes for 20 cents. Yeah. You get a hamburger for 15 cents and yep. a tempting cheeseburger, as they have it on their menu, yeah. for 19 cents. There you go. How about the full flavor orange drink? Yeah, yeah, that was good. You know what else I really used to like? It, what, what is full flavor orange drink? Can it, it I just was, get partial flavor? It was a orange drink that was full of flavor, obviously. <laughs> but you know what I liked? I liked their shamrock shakes years ago. Oh, yes. I will give you that. That was one thing. You know, though, I'll tell you the truth. My dear wife thinks it tastes like medicine. That's okay. I know. I it said, was one of those things, the shamrock shake, you either loved it or you hated it. Yeah. Yep. It was a divisive. It was. Do they still do those? I do not know. You know, we just missed it. If you're listening and you know whether they do them or not, go ahead and contact us because you know. But there are some things. Some people think some things should have never been invented, like peeps. Uh, who would ever think such? I think such a thing. Really? Oh, absolutely. Why? I, I walk by peeps in the aisle at the store, and I get nauseous. I turn pale. Have you ever eaten them? I have no? corona-like virus symptoms. Have you ever eaten them? Yes, I have eaten one bite one time. How long ago? Probably when I was a kid. Mm. Do you know your taste buds change over time? Yes. I However, we, I think we need to. Have they a, could never change enough. <laughs> I, I think we need to no. have a quarantined experiment. No, they could. They could never change enough for me to eat a peep. Never. I would first eat lutefisk. Well, that I know. Yeah. That I know. Lutefisk is, is good for you. I tell you what, I, I'm not sure, but possibly lutefisk could be used to stop the coronavirus. <laughs> possibly. <laughs> now, don't go quote me on that. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> don't go out and buy all the lutefisk, please. <laughs> I'm just thinking. Actually, with, you probably couldn't help the local businesses. Yeah, with, with the way it's made and the way it tastes, it's got to kill everything that goes it goes through. So- Maybe Not just to. your taste buds, but possibly. All, All right, right, give me no, something we else. The I irony thing. Give me this. Uh, give me something else. Do I you wanted. remember Charlie Brown Christmas, the special? Oh yeah. Do you remember what the point of Charlie Brown Christmas was? The whole point was it was about the true story of Christmas. Right, and and the anti-commercialism kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know that every year ABC cuts down the story of the Charlie Brown Christmas to put more ads in it? Really. How, it's only like 20 minutes long to begin with. Yeah, well, go watch it now. It's probably about 15. Here's here's a really weird irony. Charlie Chaplin. Do you, do you remember? Charlie Chaplin. He had, a, he had a real specific walk. Yes. Yes. Well, once he entered a contest, he, he entered a Charlie Chaplin walk contest and lost. And it was him. They had a, they, they used to have contests years really? ago. Really? Yeah. To walk like him? Yeah. They, they had Charlie Chaplin walk contests to see who could walk like him. And so he entered it and lost. Did they know it was him? No, I guess not. That's hilarious. Isn't it? There are stupid things that happen in this world, I'm telling you. That's funny. Uh, what 
What could possibly be ironic about the inventor of the stop sign? The inventor of the stop sign. He was always on the go. <laughs> but um, bumch. <laughs> Come nope. on, Dave. That was like your kind of joke. That, that was, but <laughs> for some reason, I didn't find it funny. You did go ha. I did, but ha was it. That was real good for a Swede, by the way. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, because if I say ha, that's like somebody else rolling on the floor. Yeah, I know. You even tapped your foot at that. Um, so anyways, yeah, anyway, about the guy who invented the stop sign. He never drove a car. He didn't have a license. Really? Well, that, that actually kind of makes sense to me. You know what it does to me, too? He wanted cars to stop so he could walk across the yeah, street. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. I see it. So uh, the Church of Scientology. Okay. Here's what's ironic about them. The Cult Awareness Network, known by those of us that use the Cult Awareness Network often, C-A-N. Once a leading anti-cult hotline, well, the um, Church of Scientology bought them. So now they own the cult. Interesting. Of Awareness Network. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you remember Al Capone? You grew up in his neighborhood. I did, Chicago. Yeah, well, you were in Berwyn. Well, I was in Berwyn, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Cicero is where he was, and Cicero's right next door, right? Yeah, and there was even a connection at a pizza joint in Berwyn. Yeah, I know. Um, I won't name such names, but... Yeah, was it good pizza, or did you just have to pay five times the amount to get out the door? Uh, both. Yeah. And yeah. everything was cash. Yeah, and everybody, there's guys standing there with fedoras looking at you eat. <laughs> my, my mom used to work there. And she Do you had, have a fedora? A fedora? I could. Do you know what they are? It's like a hat. Yeah. My dad used to wear a fedora. Really? I think we ought to get fedoras. Maybe we should do a fedora theme. You know, I don't even know if they make fedoras. Oh, they make anything, Dave. Please. I don't know. Anyone if you want got, it, they make it. Anyone got a fedora laying around? Relate 365. Some people wear them on the beach. Do they? Fedoras? Yeah, it's like a like a, a different style of fedora. Well, maybe they ought to practice wearing more bathing suit and less fedora. You know, you can get a nice cheap fedora. Oh, I guess you can. I just showed Dave a fedora. Yeah, well, I knew what they looked like. My dad used to wear one all the time. Oh, well, you didn't understand the beach variety of a fedora. You just thought like the El Capone style of a fedora. Okay, you knew my dad. Can you picture Actually, my, I didn't know your dad. Can you picture him on a I beach mean, I with a fedora? That'd be like picturing you just on a beach. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Well, Sorry. this summer, Talk I might about be, irony. this summer, because, you know, I just learned now, part of the reason that I haven't wore shorts in the background in the in the past is because I've had some blood clot issues and I've been forced to wear um, compression socks. Yeah, which is common. So I'm not going to wear shorts and compression socks. I'm not going to do that. So I always wear long pants. But my doctor this year said, you know, you don't need to wear those compression socks in the summer. So I thought, oh, look out, I'm wearing shorts. So I might be on the beach this Watch year. Watch out. I might be. What's ironic about the man who invented basketball, you think? Man invented basketball. Um, he played football? No. He's the only losing basketball coach in the University of Kansas history. Really? The guy invented the game. He can't doesn't understand the game, obviously. <laughs> 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 well, you know, these are just kind of fun things to, to talk about. Yeah. But- uh, what I thought as I was reading those things, there are some things in life that really sometimes don't make sense, mm -hmm. but they're they're true and they should make sense. Yeah. Uh, for example, um, the probably the oldest book in the Bible is the book of Job. Okay. Would you consider Job a blessed man or a not blessed man? I would say... I would say that at the end of the day, given the hardships he went through, I would say, yeah, I would say he was a blessed man, but that would be ironic. It sure would be. 
because look what he went through. Right. So, so the question I keep having in my own brain is, would I even want his life? I mean, mm. yes, I like the beginning part. Yeah. I like the ending part. But not everything in between. But I don't like the stuff in between. Yeah, and I would be. it's a fair statement that most people would probably agree with that statement. But isn't the stuff in between what made his life count? Hmm. So th- that's my issue of irony in the Bible in a way. It's like when you look at Job's life, Right. There's nobody that understood him. In fact, three out of four of his friends got him all wrong. Hmm. They came and they, they had the whole thing wrong as far as relationship with God and what that meant. Yeah. Because they thought, boy, when you mess up, Job, and you must have messed up, God beats on you. And there's a lot of people that have the impression in life that God's in heaven, his arms are folded. He's waiting for us to make a mistake so he can unfold that arm, point at us, and zap us with a lightning bolt or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> Their their idea of God is yeah. an angry God, mm. and and really so when Job had all these things happen to him, his friends came and said, "You you're lying to us. You you must have done something really bad, mm-hmm. because God does this to bad people." Yeah, does God always um, cause bad people to have issues like Job? No. No. So we got a problem there if you think that mm. in your life today, I, you know, I don't know everyone, everyone who listens. I don't know their story. I don't, I don't know what they're going through in life. But I've been in a wheelchair myself. I've been on crutches, several surgeries, different things. You know, if things are not the way you'd like them to be today, mm-hmm. that, still, that doesn't mean God doesn't love you. Yeah. And that's one of those great stories in the book of Job. It's kind of, we create this God of our own liking. And we kind of make a deal with him kind of in our heads. It's like, God, if I do right and I, I listen to you, I love you, then everything will work out just smooth. Yeah. And then all of a sudden somebody gets coronavirus or the business gets shut down or whatever else you want to fill in the blank with. Mm-hmm. Your, your child has you know, Down syndrome. Or you're, I mean, you can list whatever you can look at and say, this isn't what we planned. Right. Well, my question is, does that mean you're not blessed? Mm -hmm. Or does that mean you're blessed more? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's the real question. Yeah. Because what is, what is it to be blessed of God? Uh, Who is the most blessed person named in scripture? Named. Yeah, that, Jesus uh, says there's one that's more blessed yeah, than anyone else. That'd be Mary. That'd be Mary. Yeah. Now, now look at her life again. She's the one that Jesus points to and says she's the most blessed. Mm-hmm. So she's probably we don't know her age, thirteen year old girl, whatever her age is. She becomes pregnant by the Holy Spirit. Really? Mm-hmm. Who's going to believe that in her village? Right. Joseph doesn't believe it. Joseph's got to be told by an angel. She has to live now with this stigma. Mm-hmm. Not only that, they leave. She's about to give birth. They, they, you know, they go to. Now I don't know. Do you think she rode the donkey? I don't know, because in tradition in that day, yeah, the men rode the donkey, the the women led it. Mm-hmm. I just don't know if Joseph would have made her or not. I I don't know. You know, I, as they traveled to mm-hmm. Bethlehem. Um, but they had to go there for a census, so they're going there. 
and and then she gets to this town and she can't find anywhere to give birth to this baby. Mm-hmm. Now, when I thought about that, I thought these are all Mary's relatives. Right. Nobody's letting her in. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine uh, one of your, your wife has several sisters mm-hmm. and brothers. Yeah. Can you imagine one of them saying, I need to give birth and I have nowhere to do it. So it's either the snowbank or your house. And your mom, I mean, your wife would say, what, go to the snowbank? No. Of course not. Nobody would. You wouldn't even do that to an enemy. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, Mary's going to give birth in this town. Yeah. And the relatives of Joseph aren't going to make room for her. Wow. And she's most blessed. Mm-hmm. Then she gives birth in a stall. In a barn. In a barn. I mean, she gives birth in a... That's right. And if, if you city folk need a picture of a barn, just come up here. We'll show you a barn. Yeah. And, and you know, the only people that really came and rejoiced were shepherd boys. Mm-hmm. And the shepherds were the ones nobody cared about. They were the lowlifes of the world. Yeah. So here, she's in a barn. She gives birth to a child. The lowlifes of the world come and praise God. Of course, the angels in heaven were praising God. She's not even married to Joseph yet. Then, in her time, somewhere Joseph disappears. We don't know. In the pages of Scripture, Joseph is all of a sudden gone. Hmm. Nobody knows where he went. Nobody knows why. Mm -hmm. What we really think is that Mary became a single mom somehow. Mm -hmm. So she's a single mom, most likely, who's been misunderstood all her life. And then one day, she's standing at the base of a cross, watching her son get crucified. So where's the blessing, Jason, in all this? She's the most blessed woman in history. Mm -hmm. What is the blessing? It's not in the life circumstances. Yeah. It's in how you go through the circumstances. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's the purpose. Remember at the beginning of the program, I I was talking about um, the importance of having a driving factor in your life. For me, it's the no regrets little two words. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and to have that in life where you, you say, you know what, today's actions are going to be directed by this. I know there's a God. I know he loves me. You, you tell yourself the things you know, not what you feel. And I encourage our listeners to go back to Relate365.com and download some of the other programs we've done. But you concentrate on what you know. And then you say, one day I want to stand before God and have no regrets. God may make your life like Job. He may make it like Mary. But when you look back at the end of your life, you want to look back and say, oh, that's how it got put together. Mm-hmm. And God actually used my life for something. And he would have never been able to use my life if things would have gone smoothly, if I would have been having all the comforts of life that I wanted, if I would have been in the wealthy class. I, he might not have been able to use me. Right. And so you become blessed because of the purpose that God puts in your life. And I love the idea that everybody, everybody can do this. This isn't something only a few can do. Right. And that, and that's the, the key thing to remember, especially given our current circumstances where you might be getting all cooped up inside, you know, with all the quarantine and all that, wherever you're listening. But uh, just remember that, you know, there there is purpose behind everything, even if it doesn't make sense, even if it does seem ironic. You know, God has a purpose for you and he wants to use you. Um, and so part of it's the journey to, to learn and to grow through that. 
Um, I encourage you to head over to relate365.com. Uh, you got plenty of time, so feel free to check out our podcast over there. We have a couple of different shows as well that you could tap into and um, just continue to, to, you know, feed yourself during this time where it's just a little bit different. That way you can keep your eyes on Jesus. And um, unfortunately, that's all the time that Dave and I have. We'll talk to you next time here on Younger and Older. Take care. Bye-bye.